looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Past the Post. Post Magic Minions Day 2024 at Aquas Park Gold Coast. Under magnificent skies, we had 11 races, and there's a lot to talk about over the next hour or so. Of course, highlighted yesterday by the performance of Storm Boy to keep his unbeaten record intact. He ran the Magic Millions favourite of the two-year-old and duly won, not only winning, but beating his rivals comprehensively. It was a great day of racing, uh, as we said, under fine skies. A bit of drama, of course, uh, which we'll discuss very shortly. Also, don't forget, just on another matter, this is our last past the post uh, in terms of, not forever, but uh, certainly for our summer break. So we're off after today. We're off for the next three Sundays and we're back in business on Sunday, February 11. So we look forward to rejoining you then when we start to look at what's going to happen in the autumn in Australian racing. But, of course, many of you might remember that exactly one year ago, my first guest on this program was Chairman of Stewards here in Queensland, Josh Adams. And on that day, on that occasion, we discussed the fallout from the meeting being abandoned after only two races. And, of course, the remainder of the program was rescheduled to the following Thursday. It was a day of drama. You wouldn't have thought that 12 months down the track, there'd be another day of drama on the same day. Josh Adams is my first guest again after 12 months. Josh, good morning. How are you? Yeah, good, David. Yeah, good morning to you and the listeners. You wouldn't think lightning would strike twice, but apparently it does. But look, let's go through these this series of events, which occur between basically 4.30 and, and a quarter to six. So there's an hour and 15 minutes of a lot of drama. And we'll start with the fact that the horses are behind the barrier for the, the Magic Millions Guineas and 18 horses to load. And that's never an easy task in itself, a big field to load and you've got to be running on time. The first hiccup we had was a horse was to be replanted, couldn't be replanted, the king. Yeah, so um, it started off a chain of events. So we had uh, the king lose a plate behind the gates um, and unfortunately the farrier um, couldn't replate the uh, the horse. So, um, given the the magnitude of the race, we had to speak to the Snowden camp to find out if they were happy for us to remove the uh, the other hind plate. Um, so, uh, we, we thought we were under away after we um, we cleared that hiccup. And um, as I said before, it, it started a, a chain of events um, moving on to uh, Sydney Bowler. Um, I wanted to report this morning. I'm not sure if you've already um, uh, told the, the listeners out there. I have had a report about Sydney Bowler. Uh, fortunately, um, the horse seems to have escaped with um, with lacerations or minor lacerations. Um, mm. So it, it was um, yeah, it was a, a worrying time, especially for the uh, for John O'Shea and the connections of the horse. Um, but it, it scary scenes where, where a horse is cast for a long time underneath the barriers. Um, but uh, looks to have escaped uh, any serious injury. Just take us through that. Now, horses do get cast to the barriers, not too often, but, but often we see it happen and they're, they're able to be moved out of the barriers you know, reasonably quickly. In fact, they can be moved out, vetted, not cleared, late scratching, race jumps away. This was a different situation. Just tell us the position that Sydney Bowler was in. Yeah, so... Um, it, the, the horse originally had reared up in the gates um, and then when it came back... 
it then started to, to burrow and um, it got itself in a position underneath the gates um, where it had uh, half of its body between one gate and half uh, in, a, in the other uh, barrier and it actually had caused uh, a bit of damage to the back gate. So um, they were unable to free the horse um, via the back gate as, as we'd normally see if a horse becomes cast. So the, the lengthy delay was making sure that Sydney Bowler was was calm, um, uh, being stuck in that, that position. Um, so uh, a big shout out to the, the startup uh, Kenny Watson, also um, the, the veterinary team behind the gate. So um, they managed to to have Sydney Bowler um, uh, sedated, and then the difficult task happened where. Um, the Gold Coast Turf Club crew uh, had to actually dismantle the back of the, the barriers to get the veterinary team there and actually release, release the horse. Um, so that was the lengthy process. Um, it, it, you know, all the focus is on Magic Millions, but at that moment, um, all of our focus moved to the Sydney Bowler. Um, and... Uh, uh, after that, that lengthy delay, um, we then actually had to swap gates. Um, those gates um, were, were damaged beyond repair. Um, so we had to get the secondary set of gates, which brought a, another unique problem. Um, the second set of gates also had an uh, extension to be able to fit the large field. So, um, so that was the, the cause of the delay to the next race. Uh, we had to make sure that those second gates uh, were able to be put in position, tested. Um, you know, we, we, we didn't want uh, to be testing them as the as the horses uh, were loaded into the gates. Um, so yet again, the, the, the team at the Gold Coast Turf Club did a, a tremendous job um, to do such a quick turnaround. Yeah, and I think most of our listeners will appreciate this, but if not, it's worth expanding on. We're talking about high-pressure situation here, trying to release that horse... And in the background is a $3 million race ready to get underway. You've still got two more races, and we're now approaching you know, between 5 and 5.30. Fortunately, you had sunshine on your side, and that sometimes hasn't been the case. But, um, you know, you, you, you're juggling quite a few balls in the air at the one time, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Um, and as I said earlier on, our main focus was on Sydney Bowler, um, but... Um, we were fortunate enough to have, on a day like that, uh, everyone knows what their job is. Um, we were confident that the, the starting crew and the vets um, were managing uh, the horse and the gates. Um, uh, I said to um, Barry Bowditch, who came up and uh, was um, you know, just asking questions about um, if we would get the remaining card in. Fortunately, we were blessed with, with perfect conditions. If, if it was overcast and raining, as it had been during the week, we, we may have lost the race. Um, but in this circumstance, uh, things just um, it panned out. Um, Sydney Bowler was free of injury. Uh, Jason Collett was also free of injury. Uh, and we were able to get the, the last two races in. Am I right in saying, because I wasn't there yesterday, am I right in saying that when they got back to the barrier, take two, Deep Respect had to be uh, replanted, is that right? Deep Respect had to be replanted. Um, and um, Deep Respect, uh, obviously... Um, in the in the initial uh, loading process, it was a, a bit difficult to load. So uh, we spoke to Kelly Sweeter um, before the horses went back to the gates, and we we had a plan that the horse would would load first. Um, obviously, it um, failed to load, and being a late scratching. So 
it, it just added to the uh, the stressful scenes where we we were quickly running out of daylight. So any any further delay was uh, was putting that last race in jeopardy. Uh, we had a, quite a, a short turnaround to race ten, and um, uh, so fortunately enough, we uh, were able to squeeze race eleven in um, before um, before the sunset hit us. So. Um, yeah, when, when you when you're dealing with um, the three million dollar race, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to forget that you, we had two million dollar races afterwards. So um, yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't just a matter of um, getting the three year old guineas out of the way. Uh, we just wanted to make sure that we had enough time to have those horses parade for races ten and eleven, give the punters an opportunity to make sure that they see their horses before they invest their money. Um, so in this circumstance, uh, it, it worked out, um, but. Um, yeah, we, we wouldn't want to be pushing those type of time frames um, during uh, dark and cloudy times. So, um, yeah, fortunately, in, in this circumstance, it all, it all worked out well. When I've worked at the Magic Millions, just from the broadcasting point of view, it's always a very busy day because there's not big gaps between the races. They like to get it finished so the sales can start around 6 o'clock. So with big numbers uh, in all of the races, uh, there's, there's generally no room for error, is there? It's a, definitely a unique race day, um, and you know, even through the winter carnival, normally we have uh, three or four feature races. Um, where not to take anything away from the other races on those cards, but the, the focus is mainly on uh, those big races like the Doom and Ten Thousand and the, the Stradbroke. Um, at the Magic Millions, every race is a feature race. Um, so you, you tackle with the difficulties of having presentations, um, a, a lot of owners, uh, a lot of attention from broadcasters, which, which are all great. You know, this is Queensland's time to shine, um, but it does bring those unique challenges um, to, to make sure that things aren't uh, taken away from um, the, the, the event, which is Magic Moon, so the, the owners still get to experience what it's like, but um, also making sure with those tight turnarounds, you know, 35 minutes. We, we went down to 30-minute gaps in the end yesterday. Um, you know, it's, it, it is, uh, it's one of those days where um, you, know, you, you rely upon all the staff um, to do their job properly. And um, you know, I, I said to my team after we finished yesterday, it was a, it was a long old day, but um, you know, it, we were able to get away 11 races relatively um uh, incident-free other than, um, obviously, the three-year-old guineas. Yes, exactly. Josh, uh, to, to you and your staff and the whole team at the Gold Coast, job well done under difficult circumstances, and thanks for being with us this morning. Appreciate the time. Thanks, David. Josh Adams joining us, the chairman of Stewards. Ben Dorries is live from the Gold Coast, joining us now. Ben, good morning. Yeah, good morning, David. I was just listening to your interview with Josh. It was an 11-race card that Dead Set seemed to go for two days. It was the never-ending race day. Yeah, well, exactly. Started at 11.20 the first. I reckon the last race went off just after 6.30, but he explained it in detail for our listeners, which I, I wanted him to do that. And uh, it is a, it's, it's a high, there was a high-pressure situation that yesterday, wasn't it, for a number of reasons? Oh, absolutely. And I think the thing, too, which people get distressed about, whether it's um, connections, jockeys, you know, people like myself in the media, punters, broadcasters, it's just that uncertainty as well. Just just early on with Sydney Bowler, obviously stuck in a bad position in the gates. I mean, your heart was in your mouth. You know, there was a fear that, you know, for for some time that it may not end well, and and the horse, you know, just had to get out of the gates. So I suppose once the horse was sedated and there was no 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, the, the good thing was the horse wasn't thrashing around in the gates. You know, the horse seemed pretty calm the whole way. So, look, it was a case of all's well that ends well. Uh, but, gee whiz, this Magic Millions program, as you said in your opening remarks, <laughs> just drama every year, isn't there? It's extraordinary. I was actually thinking uh, we got through the two-year-old and, you know, it was, it was a pretty sort of, um, not meat and potatoes, but, you know, the favourites had won and there hadn't been any drums. I was sort of thinking, well, we'll get through this unscathed and then all hell broke loose, David. Yeah, exactly. Our first guest is about to join us because he's got another commitment coming up. Let's go to our first replay of many this morning. And this, of course, is the star Magic Millions two-year-old classic. Three million dollars in prize money and Storm Boy was the favourite. It's Mashani Ego in front, a neck clear from Storm Boy inside the 600. A length and a half away, Arabian Summer Highness has had a gun run in transit. Erno's Cube sliding forward, then followed by Wolfgang Spywire. Next, Mashani Aloha, Poster Girl, Jenny's Meadow, a long way back, Spirited Territory Ash, Mashani Ego, topping the straight, Storm Boy struck the front. Arabian Summer into the clear. Likewise, Highness getting through in the middle. Erno's Cube and Spywire out wider. It's Storm Boy in front, 100 metres left to run. Highness can't bridge back the margin, then spy wire, but it's all Storm Boy and Storm Boy is too good for them in the two-year-old. Storm Boy by three. Second Highness, photo third, spy wire or Erno's cube. Arabian Summer clocks in five. The first Philly home, then Territory Ash, next Jenny's Meadow, further back Mashani Aloha, Poster Girl, Mashani Express, She's a Chikatita, Vianara, then followed by Spirited and Mashani Ego and Wolfgang. Well, not only was Storm Boy who goes into the record books as another Magic Millions winner, he goes into the record books as the fastest Magic Millions winner in its history, running 1.8 and only one of four two-year-olds to break 1.9 since the race started in 1987. He was the favourite. He was authoritative. He won easily. The man who rode him, Adam Hieronymus, is our first guest this morning. Adam, good morning. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I just mentioned there that this was the complete deal. He was unbeaten going to the race. He was the favourite. He was the favourite all the way through. And he proved he was the best horse. And, and winning uh, winning is the best horse. Having to park outside, sit in the, the death, to use an old trotting term, and then clearly hold all his rivals in the straight. There were big margins between them when they went over the line, suggesting to me this is a very good form race and a very good horse won. Yeah, most definitely. I... It did upset me last start when you know a lot of people didn't give him the credit that he deserved. It was there was a lot of merit in that win, and I don't think people really sort of yeah, like I said, giving him the credit that he deserved after that because it was it was big and um, it was, I was very confident coming coming into yesterday's race. It was just a matter of making sure he jumped cleanly, um, and the better he jumped, the easier it was going to make my job and. Um, Although he sort of wasn't electric out of the gates, he jumped well, um, and we were able to sort of just take our time and and end up in a in a nice enough position. And once I found that position, I was very confident of winning the race. Adam, take us inside your your relationship with Gay Waterhouse because she's got absolutely unwavering faith in you. Uh, I mean, especially even since you you know returned from a stint out of racing. I know you worked as a labourer. Uh, in your time away, I think you got up to 74, 75 kilos. But she's been such a support for you, hasn't she, uh, since you returned? You won a group one for her, obviously, during the spring and, and now the Magic Minions. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, look, I, I come to Gay um, when I was uh, just finishing my apprenticeship and, and I wanted to work for her. Um, I wanted to better myself 
as a person and a rider. And I thought that was the best opportunity to do that was to go and work for her and couldn't have gone any better from the time I've landed there. And um, I've been working for the gay for, for over 10 years now. And um, it's just, we've got a good relationship, got a good working relationship. And um, I know what's required. Um, and she understands me as well, which is also a big plus. Um, but not only that, Adrian as well um, is a massive part of my career and, um, yeah, everything works well together. We had a really good opportunity watching the race on the television because they have that overhead shot and when he jumped out, he certainly wasn't the best out, so then you've got to make a plan. Obviously, the plan is to go forward. In the end, it was a canny ride because you're you're sitting outside a a thousand to one chance that you know you've got covered all the way around. You probably, well, as it turned out, you had your main danger sitting on your back, uh, who then pushed out of the bend behind us. But in the straight, um, the, the feel he gave you yesterday, he looked he looked more dynamic yesterday than he did at Eagle Farm. Is, is that a fair comment? Yeah, definitely. He um, he's improved a lot mm. since that race. Um, whether that's just him coming up here and settling in or, or whatever it else is but um and he showed that in his work i went up to eagle farm and galloped him um i galloped him in, in between runs and he showed that in his work how much he had improved it's the best he's worked um in that gallop and yeah you're correct there was, he i could feel the horses come to him at the oh, when was it sort of like the 250 but the last furlong i could feel him going away and extending and running through the line Whereas, although he had to come over, overcome some difficulties last start, he was just left very vulnerable and he was just sort of floating along down the running last start. But yesterday, he went away from them. Sometimes um, the form out of the Magic Millions doesn't necessarily stand up going to a golden slipper, but I've got a feeling this guy will. Uh, he was so dominant. Obviously, he was probably one of the more dominant Magic Millions wins we've ever seen. Um, do you, I mean... From what you've seen, two-year-old-wise, you know, anywhere at the moment, I mean, is is you know, we see the benchmark, I guess. Yeah, I, you have to say so because you know he's run the time, so it goes to show how good he is. And I and I've got no doubt if he was challenged there yesterday, that he would have he would have found more. So to run those sharp times there yesterday and know that he can he can go quicker, uh, it's very exciting. And, and and you're spot on there in terms of um, times. One eight he ran King of Sparta, open class horse, uh, multiple feature winner. One eight twenty six. Great ride, great result, and continued good success, Adam. Thanks for being with us this morning. No worries, thank you. Adam Ironimus has to get going, so uh, we appreciate his time this morning. Ben, I think this race does stand up well from a future point of view for for two reasons. We've we've mentioned the time of one eight. That's the fastest Magic Millions in history. But the gaps between the horses, there wasn't a bunch finish. When that field turned for home, he was there to be run down, but he was clearly superior. Highness was the only horse who, who seriously challenged. That went for about 100 metres. Then he held second. Then it was a gap to, to, to Spywire, who was good, and then long gaps after that. I think this is... Uh, you know, it's, it's not rocket science, but I think... I know he's a very good two-year-old. He's a very, very good two-year-old. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And isn't it funny how this race worked out? I mean, we always thought it had a long tail and there was um, probably half the field or more simply making up the numbers. There was a lot of 100 to 1, 150 to 1, 250 to 1 chances in the field. And, and basically, I mean, they, they almost finished in market order. You had the favourite beating the second favourite, Spywire around third, which was, you know, um, you know, he was also in the market, Arabian Summer and Erno's Cube up there. Um, so look, you didn't have to look far and wide to find the winner. I've got a feeling Highness um, is, you know, potentially a very good horse mm. as well. We all saw what he did at Wyong. Gee whiz, I mean, Tommy Berry, I mean, admittedly aided by, um, you know, an inside barrier, gave that horse an absolute peach. And you just thought, given Stormboy had to do a bit of work, you just thought at the top of the straight when Tommy Berry peeled out, 10 years uh, to the day, by the way, since his brother, twin brother Nathan, won um, the 2004 Classic on Uncumbered. You just thought Tommy Berry is just going to go bang and record a really emotional win uh, in memory of his brother 10 years earlier. But uh, I spoke to Tommy afterwards and he just said he thought he had the race won, but the other horse was just simply too good. There was no excuses and he just couldn't chase him down. That was Gay's fifth Magic Millions. She's already won it with... Uh, um Dry Fontaine. Dry Fontaine was back in 2012, so it's been a, over a decade since Gay has struck, but this, of course, her first win with Adrian as a training partnership, but, of course, we remember Dance Hero, Accelerator, Assertive Land, so that's her fifth Magic Millions. Um, and what a, a, an empire they've got leading into a golden slipper. Let's just cast our mind back to what's happened since the season started. So we've got Stormboy unbeaten. Shangri-La Express, who could have come here, but they elected to, to rest him for the slipper, unbeaten. Then horses like Espionage, a node, straight charge. They've got this, this such powerful armoury, you know, ready for the next few, you know, as we go towards autumn. Oh, absolutely. And they're sort of like the odd couple, in a way, of Australian racing, aren't they? But I think that's why they uh, meld so well. I mean, you know, Adrian Bott's a lovely man. He's quite measured. Uh, you know, very good uh, with owners in the media. Gay's very boisterous, as we know. She's uh, she's not not afraid to make a big statement. She's flamboyant, and we love Gay to bits. She's a national treasure, uh, and the two of them, uh, they are dead set the dream team of Australian racing. David, they certainly are, and it wasn't just the Magic Millions two-year-old race. And by the way, just before we go off off on that race, congratulations to the Cunningham family who uh, part-owned Stormboy, of course, races in their colours. Gary, of course, is the, the president of the Owners Association here in Queensland, so a great result there uh, with with Stormboy yesterday. They're going to have plenty of fun times ahead. But let's continue the story of Adrian and Gay because it wasn't just the Magic Minions. In fact, they collected three races yesterday. Let's go to, to race two. This is the, the debut for the Phillies, and their filly, two Dardalizzi, was very heavily back to win. Two Darn Lizzie in front, joined by Frobel Star at the top of the straight. Dominator back to the rails, Bank Book running on, and Ravana's getting a split. Two Darn Lizzie with a fight on her hands, but she is responding. 150 to go. Two Darn Lizzie, a half clear. Frobel Star then followed Dominator. Two Darn Lizzie, two Darn good for them. Two Darn Lizzie wins the debut for the Phillies, beat Frobel Star and Dominator. Fourth in Ravana, then Bank Book, indubitably Vardans, Divine Die, and Champ. Payne River. Yes, the early market got it wrong when they put Dominetta up favourite uh, and it was corrected by the time the starter said go. Not only corrected, but corrected with plenty of money on two Don Lizzie. SP did $1.85. She was a million dollar uh, graduate out of the, the Magic Millions 
and she she won well. It was a good, solid performance on debut, as the, the race suggests, with Tim Clark riding. Raced by Lloyd Webber, uh, Lord Lloyd Webber, and Lizzie Spender, who I imagine is the same Lizzie Spender who's the wife of the late Barry Humphreys. Yeah, absolutely she is, and she was on track uh, yesterday. She was absolutely tickled pink. Of course, um, Barry Humphreys died uh, last year, and Lizzie Spender told us um, it had really been a lifetime sort of ambition of hers to go into horse ownership. Uh, actually tried to call this horse after her. They tried to call her, tried to call the horse Lizzie Spender, but uh, they turned that down, so they went for two darn Lizzie uh, instead. So, yeah, some really big names uh, in the ownership there. Uh, and another uh, master, masterful training performance by Gay and Adrian. Let's listen to the last leg of the, the Waterhouse Bot uh, treble. This is the Sub-Zero, the staying race, and typical Tim Clark out in front, rating the leader well. His name is So United. Now the runs come, 4.50 to go. So United, narrowly from the vows. Three out, unanimous. Then Zellerart's object circling wider. Deficit about to get a split. Then followed Noah a deal. Head of state, Parry Sound. Love tap out wider. So United in front, 2.50 to go. Deficit's out. The vows, Zen Zeller out wider and Parry Sound. 100 to go. So United, the far side. Zen Zeller, Parry Sound. It's So United, Parry Sound. This will be close. So United, just I feel... I think so, United, the insider, nose to parry sound in a photo finish. Zenzella's run third. Photo fourth, deficits up there, unanimous. Then Sky Lab, next Love Tap, Military Gambler, further back arts object, 80 grand warning, readily available, Olympic gaze, head of state, Outlandos, the vows, known a deal, and Beaufort Park. He's now a six-year-old, so, United. He cost 190000 of the, the sale. And as I said, typical Tim Clark out in front and just getting home, a parry sound. <laughs> He's eight years of age. He keeps turning up every year and always runs a belter. And he did again yesterday, just missing out after being wide all the way at $26. And Zen Zeller for Marin Eustace running third. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what about say United in 30 career starts before his last two starts had, had, had won... Um, uh, about $300,000, just gone bang, bang, won at Randwick and picked up a cool $572,000 uh, for winning yesterday. So now has almost a million dollars in prize money, if you can believe it. So uh, uh, the connections here would be absolutely tickled pink. And I think I think that treble yesterday illustrates the, 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 the strength and the skill, uh, the combined skills of, of Gay and Adrian, uh, you know, winning a 900-metre uh, scamper, first starter, and of course, they're so well known too with their stayers, their their rock hard fit stayers, and and uh, so united. Of course, the the magic minions as well. So, uh, outstanding training performance by that partnership yesterday at the Gold Coast. The other big one, the other three million dollar race, of course, was the Magic Minions Guineas. Now we've discussed it to some degree, only because it took so long in the start of saying go. The race was scheduled, I think, for four thirty. It ran at about twenty to six. It was a long wait for connections. But for one, it was a very worthwhile wait. Here's the replay. Defiant Spirit up on the outside of Royal Tribute inside the 750. Vanquished in third, Sovereign Fund fourth. The King on a wide passage to fifth. Then Weagle Tiger VC, a bounding tucked away on the rail. Chrysor picking up in the centre, infatuation. Further back to Trifling Flying Trapeze. Sunset Dreaming Zooforia. Pure Paradise. Safrado's last. Home corner, 425 to go. Defiant Spirit in front, three quarters clear. Royal Tribute in second. Vanquished next. The 
King runs on. Sovereign Fun behind those. Then Triflein. Cry say all with plenty to do. Weagle Tiger out wider on the track with a bounding. 200 metres left to run. Defiant Spirit. Royal Tribute. Sovereign Fund a bounding. Closing out wider. Sovereign Fund a bounding. A bounding over the top. A bounding. A bounding wins the three-year-old Guineas. Beats Sovereign Fund and Flying Trapeze. Fourth a camera, pure paradise, jumped up out of the ground, trifling royal tribute, Sofrado, sunset dreaming, infatuation, defiant spirit gave one sight, Weagle Tiger, then followed the king, vanquished, Chrysayor, never came on late, VC Zuforia. Well, the girl with the big white face with Martin Harley riding, that's a story in itself, able to win the, the Magic Millions guineas. I saw a shot of the trainer post-race, uh, not only just post-race, probably just when they went over the line. He was walking slowly by himself with a most satisfied look on his face, and so he should, because this has been a perfectly executed plan from start to finish, with only one glitch. If you call it a glitch, she ran second in one race, but every other race she's won this campaign, and uh, the man who's uh, largely responsible for that is, is Rob Heathcote. He's with us now. Rob, good morning. Yeah, good morning, David. Good morning, Banks. And uh, that look on your face, uh, a picture often uh, it gives a thousand words and obviously very satisfied that... And I think so because she won the gold edition. You could have run her in the interim, but uh, you elected to, to keep her fresh. Uh, it was a, a decision made and a decision vindicated. Yeah, thanks, David. And it was something that... I certainly slept on for a few days, you know, going into a, a million-dollar race. And I think that the crucial point is that she'd never run past 1,200 metres. So the question hadn't been answered whether she gets a strong 1,400. But from what I'd seen and the way she was attacking the line, that, you know, there, there's something in her that, that may well get her to the 1,400. And she's not a big girl. She's leggy. She's lanky. But she doesn't have a lot of... <clears throat> you know, body mass. And uh, the fact that she's out of a ca Casino Prince Mare, I, you know, I'm not big on breeding per se, but I looked at it and after Martin came in off that narrow win and said, mate, she's fit, you don't need to run her again. And, and I think it's important for me to point out that Martin's not only a very, very talented rider, he's a horseman in the true sense. And, uh, you know, I was happy to take that advice. And, and as you say, David, we were vindicated. Take us uh, inside the delay, Rob. Uh, it was 70 or 80 minutes. I mean, the fear is, I guess, when these things happen, that the horses go back to the stalls and, and some horses can sort of overdo it and, and sort of run their race before it's run. It was really strange circumstances, wasn't it? Well, Ben, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you made the comment. It was the uncertainty, which was probably the most difficult thing to grasp because no one seemed to know what was going on when the horses first came back to the enclosure. You know, we started to parade them again and then James McDonald pulled up on the track and took his saddle straight off and, and I said, James, what are you doing? And, and, and he just said, well, we don't know. It could be 10 minutes, it could be an hour. So take the saddle off and re-saddle them later. And then I immediately asked the steward and he said, yeah, I think it's best. Take her back to the stalls and unsaddle them. And we took her back and she was pretty calm and, and collected the whole time. And she started to sweat a little bit and then... 
Adam, Adam and Jaden, who were with us, said, "Well, look, why don't we take her out the back and, and give her a little hose down?" Just because, as you know, it was an oppressively hot day, and we gave her a hose down, and then Adam gave her a walk in the breezeway, and she cooled down. So through the whole 50, uh, 60, 70 minutes, Ben, she was she was pretty calm, and and my confidence never waned at any stage because. I knew going into that race, I mean, she was an absolute picture of health. She had the right barrier. You know, Martin had that steely determination in his eyes and he delivered a, you know, a 12 out of 10 ride. And, and it was a 12 out of 10 ride, smothered away, just giving her every opportunity to, to run that distance, but then presenting at the right time and the filly did the rest. We talk about vindication. This is another aspect of vindication we see all these uh, figures during the week at the sales, these these uh, high purchase prices. You must feel vindicated when you've got one that didn't cost a lot. Yeah, you're right, David, I do. And, and it's fair I made the comment yesterday that, that I'm not traditionally a, a shopper of high-priced yearlings, uh, not with the client base I've got, you know, particularly with a lot of the, uh, the syndicate companies I work with. And in this particular case, Ash Dowley from First Light, she paid 75000 for this girl, but you know, I had I had what nine runners there yesterday, and you know, certainly a source of pride that you know I don't shop in the high end, but we, we were still very well represented on the day. Hey, can you believe it, Rob? I, I'm not sure what I think of this um, of this idea. Uh, I'm a bit torn on it, but you've got it if you wanted to. You've got a ticket into the All Star Mile now, believe it or not, <laughs> four million dollar All Star Mile. If the, the winner yeah. obviously gets get the golden ticket into it I'm, I'm not sure if you'd take that up but it's uh it's it's an interesting uh, innovation isn't it it is and i and i've just recently received a text from you know a member of the the melbourne racing club asking if we would certainly consider it and and, and i've not spoken to the ownership group they're probably still in bed with hangovers but, um <clears throat> probably not though ben might you know, we're here on our doorstep and saying doorstep, the winter carnival is not far away. You know, you can give them a month out. Then it's mid-February, they're back. Eight weeks to get them ready and we're coming through the middle of April and our carnival starts the end of April. So a, a filly like this in the Stradbroke with 49, David, she might be something to beat, 1,400. Yeah, I was going to say, um, and, and, and Ben sort of uh, beat me to the punch, uh, I... We, we we discussed this in a previous uh, edition of, of this program about the the winner of the guineas earning that um, uh, ticket or securing that ticket into the All Star Mob. Look, uh, I don't want to uh, rain on anyone's parade. This seems to me to be the wrong race in a way because for these three year olds yesterday, it's basically their grand final at fourteen hundred metres, and you know the All Star Mile's not too far away. But you've got to then go to the mile. It, I think, you know, there could be another race on the program that might be better. But, look, I, I admire their initiative. But just on a bounding, uh, a filly who's only missed top three once in her career, one door closes, Startones retires, and another one opens. And you must be satisfied that here's now a filly that you can produce more than likely the winter time and, and know, that, know that if she doesn't win, she won't be far away. You know, 100%, David. I, I was interviewed yesterday and I brought that very point up. I've been very fortunate in my career as a trainer to always have, you know, a, a horse in my stable that I can hang my hat on and, and be represented on the big stage. And it certainly looks like uh, First Light Racing's abounding. You know, she can she can take us around the country again. Tell us about Rothfire. 
brave, unbelievably brave. And I mean, that could happen. You, you have you have wide barriers in races like that, and the, the speed was frantic. And Ben, you know, no fault of Ben. You know, he jumped out and went forward, and he looked across, and there were six horses all in the line. He, he took a hold of him, went back, and there was five horses in a line. So he he was out on a limb, and there was it was just a situation where he had to take his medicine. And and you know, full credit to the winner who who sat behind Rothfire too wide, got lovely cover, came off Rothfire's back, and and let down like a a star that he invariably will become. Boom talk, of course, I'm talking about. But I thought Hatchet was a bit unlucky. He got back to third last and got interfered with and. Came out of the race with, you know, quite a few nicks and cuts on his legs from the scrimmaging, and he hit the line really well for a good six. So, yeah, it's still some good news out of the race. And you can, you can, you, know, you can you close the chapter on yesterday saying that even in the twilight of your career, you've got that monkey off your back with the gold case. You've always complained about the gold case, but now you've won a Magic Minions guinea. So, there's more vindication for you. Uh, good one, David. Yeah, well, it's a new track, and you know, full credit. <laughs> Full credit to the, you know, I've been saying the old track was a goat track for 12 years. I think I was vindicated. But, <laughs> so well, well done to Navesh Randani and, and his team down there. They, you know, a track in its infancy that's done so well in the two weeks. But I can still stick the boot in when I have to, David. You know, try getting a drink in the owners and trainers marquee yesterday with one till and 500 people there. It was there were a lot of upset owners and they're the ones who buy horses at the Magic Millions. We'll take that on board, and on that note, you have a good day. You too, guys. Cheers. There he is, Rob Heathcote, the trainer of Abounding and uh, a very good filly. I remember, Ben, when she had her first start at Doom, and she was, I think, a, she was certainly the favourite. She may have been odds on, and she got beat, and I said, oh, there's another one, you know, wraps on them. Of course, as it turned out, Skirt the Law won that race that day when she was having her <laughs> first start. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, 11 starts, four wins, four seconds, two-thirds, so... She doesn't know how to run a bad race, and she's now a, a feature race winner. Yeah, for sure. Gee whiz, there was a few disappointments in that race, wasn't there? I mean, Safrado, gee whiz, got back with the cat catchers. So far back, was mm. never never hoped to win from from where uh, that horse was. And, and Chris Wallace's horse, Crossail, um, finished well down the track too. So, uh, And, of course, we obviously had the late scratching of Sydney Bowler, um, which we've already referenced. But, yeah, all credit to Abounding. Uh, and terrific. We haven't really... Reference Martin Harley too much. 12 months ago, of course, only days out from the Magic Millions. He broke his neck in a shocking fall. Um, was even uncertain if he'd ride again. Was in a neck halo for, for a long, long time. Um, but, yeah, it was a really emotional win for him and his family yesterday. So congratulations to Marty Harley. Yeah, 100%. And I want to make a quick mention, of course, Archer Park Racing present past the post. Their horse to find spirit ran out of his skin. He was a long shot. He drew a wide gate. He did a power of work to get to the lead. And they only swamped him over the last 50 metres. So they had a big team there yesterday. They couldn't win a race. Golden Beam ran a place which we're about to hear. But I thought Defiant Spirit ran ran out of his skin. So good luck to the team there. Let's go now to the Syndicate. This is a relatively new race on the on the feature race card. Over the 1,100 metres. And Prince of Boom. We didn't mention this with Rob. This was the favourite. 
At the 500, Prince of Boom narrowly from Golden Boom. Beast Mode's gone bush at the bend. Around the corner, it's Prince of Boom just from Golden Boom. Into the clear is Fetch in third. Baroque Road, Derry Grove running on down the centre. Hell of a Barty back to the rail, then followed Bazique. And next, Contemptuous. They've got to Prince of Boom. Hell of a Barty the far side. Derry Grove down the centre. 100 metres left to run. It's Hell of a Barty and Derry Grove. Hell of a Barty's just in front. Derry Grove, one last thrust. Photo finish. Terry Grove put in a really good dive here at Hell of a Barty. It's a photo to the syndicate. Third, either Golden Boom, Prince of Boom, not far away. Likewise, Rupert Tarr, then Reliable Ruby. Next in was Bazique, Contemptuous and Fetch. Further back to 11-11 Baroque Road, Bossed Up and Beast Mode towards the tail end. Derry Grove getting up in the last stride. Nash Rewiller and Matt Dunner are a great combination and they were the four there at the Gold Coast yesterday. Matt's with us now. Matt, good morning. Morning, David. How are you? I'm well. I'm sure you're tickled, Pink. That was a great day for you yesterday. Yeah, sure was. You know, it's um, it's a day where you you sort of take your better horses and hope, and if you come away with one winner, it's fantastic. And to win two, uh, mind blowing. You know, it's, it's, um, it was a really good day. Very excited, Matt. Matt, we last saw Derry Grove, um, obviously in the Kosciuszko. Where run us through what happened that day. Got beaten five lengths, was, was one of the favourites, and, and you, I know you had really high hopes for, for him in the Cosy that day. Yeah, we did. Not much went right. I don't know that he, you know, he was maybe the spot where you know he didn't probably race as well as what he had his previous couple. Perhaps um, I think sort of Nash alluded to that yesterday after he won on him. Not much went right either. We didn't get a lot of luck. There wasn't space for him, but um, but he's a horse that probably drags himself into races and makes his own luck, and he probably wasn't quite there that day. But um, I'm sure we'll be back there again next year and have another crack at it, hopefully. What about... Um, did you think you'd won on the line? No. Really? No, I thought he got beaten, actually. Yeah, no, I really did. I, I watched it um, on the television in the enclosure, and I actually thought he, he just missed, but... Um, Pretty good feeling when they when they go the other way in oh, your favour, that's for sure. It certainly is very pleasant surprise. So, what's the the the, the, the short term plan for him this campaign now, or is it have you, have you achieved your aim? Uh yeah, probably. He, he sort of had a short break after the Kosciuszko and came back with that. The plan was always to sort of go to that race first up, um, and we just regroup and see how he comes back. You know, he's got races well fresh, and we'll give him a little bit of time now. And, you know, I, I think he's. Um, I think he's a proper horse. You know, I know he hasn't sort of had highway form before Kosciuszko, but I think um, there's a bit more to him yet. We haven't found the bottom, so um, we'll probably end up looking at something as the autumn for him, freshening back up again, and then maybe head to Sydney and finding a nice little sprint race down there. One important ingredient in, in his, his success is high tempo. You know, he just needs that, otherwise he tends to overdo things a bit. Um, we'll keep him in the shorter races. What about the winner boom talk, Matt? That was one of the wins of the day, I thought. And, and gee whiz, this this horse has come a long way and, and just a winning machine. And there was there was a bit of a theory, wasn't there, with this new Gold Coast track? It, it you know it could be hard to win from the back. Well, this horse put that theory to bed. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, you're right. You know, the meeting the other day, there was probably there was some suggestion that it was, was some helping horses on pace, but. I think yesterday, and he wasn't the only one that, that sort of went against. I think that track's perfect, to be honest. It, 
he travelled three and four wide the trip and circled them and beat them sort of thing, you know, and a couple of other horses did it, horses raced on pace, down the middle on the fence. Uh, I think they've done a wonderful job with the surface and the, and the new camber and, um, you know, when horses can travel wide throughout and still chase down leaders, I think it's, it's a pretty good indication. It's a very fair track. Um, and the horse did a great job. But it's, it's, um, you know, his, his preparation was a little bit rushed. I missed the trial with him because of wet weather and sort of had to throw him into a, an 1100 first up. Um, a little bit underdone. He didn't have much luck there. He probably should have just about won. Um, but then uh, then he sort of turned up yesterday. He's first track at 1300 and Look what he did, you know. He covered stacks of ground and and um, and beat the rest of them up properly. So uh, he's he's also the massive future ahead of him. He's only likely race. The wonderful horse to have in the stable, um, as is his owner, uh, Ian Corazel. He's only been with me. He was the first horse he sent me actually when Casey retired. He's sort of um, become a, a massive supporter of the team. So um, that that horse has um, got a really good future ahead of him for sure. He's a wonderful man, Ian Corazol. I've known him many years, uh, firstly through harness racing, where he had a lot of horses with the Torque moniker, T-O-R-Q-U-E, but he's really thrown himself into into the thoroughbred world now, and uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a gentleman, isn't he, Matt? And, um, he, he, was he there yesterday? Because I wasn't at the races yesterday. Was he there? He was there, uh, and he cried. Um, <laughs> he was very emotional after the race. Yeah. Um, and he declared it. You know, he had some wonderful moments in harness and thoroughbred racing, but that was the best of it. That's so no, it was it was a really good day. You know, it's a, he um, he spent the day in in the corporate box that we get every year, and um, and and uh, he was he was very excited, and uh, you know, he loved it. It was just fantastic. That, 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 that's wonderful. And just before you go, um, we were talking with Rob Heathcote about abounding being only a seventy five thousand dollar purchase from. From my studies here, Boom Talk and Derry Grove weren't expensive either. Well, he only paid fifty thousand for Boom Talk, and, and Derry Grove was only thirty thousand. So it's just another, just another indicator, isn't it? You know, we don't need to turn up and buy horses for a million bucks. We can, we can know that they come in in all price levels, and they all turn up and race well. And you know, we, we've bought quite a few at the stars. We end up with about eight. And, you know, my budget's always sort of around uh, under two hundred. Just because I find it difficult if I go above that le- level to sort of um, find owners for them with, with my client group, but um, and you know we have good success, and that's another that's another evidence of it. Yesterday, isn't it? Those two horses have a million and a bit, million and a bit between them, and um, total purchase price is eighty grand. So you don't need to go there and spend ma- massive amounts of money to get a good result. And the good part about it is too, you can be there next year, the year after the year. You can keep going along with the same horses. Absolutely, yeah. We'll look forward to next year. We, you know, we, we, since since I sort of closed the Sydney stable and we're, we're concentrating on up here now, um, we'll more so probably be looking to, to, to buy more horses and have, have more runs because we only had the two runners yesterday. And Neil Jenkins and my bloodstock agent said, you know, we need to step into this sale a bit more. We can't turn up with two runners. Imagine near it's only 40 minutes up the road. So, um, I don't know, you can win two from two. You probably don't need many more. But, but you know, next year we'll, we'll hope to have a bit more strike power and yeah. um, certainly looking forward to it. Job well done. Good on you, mate. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There he is, Matt Dunn, joining us this morning. And he's got two very promising horses here, Ben. They're both relatively lightly raced, and I think both showed yesterday that uh, there's more wins in store. Oh, absolutely. I think Boom Talk would potentially be a, a likely winner carnival prospect, for, for instance. I mean, that, um, that horse just, is, um, just keeps winning, and obviously the light weight there yesterday um, probably you know helped to some degree, but I think if you 
admittedly Ross and I get no saves in the run, but I reckon if you had said to Matt Dunn a couple of months ago that Boom Talk would be, be rounding up Ross and running past him like he wasn't there, he, he would have probably laughed at you. So, uh, terrific performance. Boom Talk, five from nine. Derry Grove, five from 12. Just before we go to King of Sparta's snippets win, you brought up a point there, and I think it's worth uh, elaborating on. I think yesterday showed this track, uh, that, that, that theory about, you know, leaderish near rail was exploded yesterday. It probably was a, a legitimate point to make out of the other two meetings. But I think the more you race on it, the, the more mature it becomes. And yesterday we saw them coming from every part of the field and every part of the track. So I'm sure Nevesh and his team and the Gold Coast Club would have been delighted with the overall results of the meeting showing the track played really fairly. Oh, 100%. It was um, terrific. Obviously, you know, it'll take probably another year, I guess, to, to really bed down and get to its best, but yeah, early indications are fabulous. Gee whiz, I was hoping I would hear around the traps that this time next year we would be looking at a twilight or night Gold Coast Magic Millions. From my inquiries yesterday, I don't think we are, David. I think the Friday night before there's a new meeting uh, on the Friday will be probably, a you know, a twilight meeting, but I reckon... We're set in stone with this Day Magic uh, Millions meeting for, for quite a while, which to me, I know you've got the sales to consider and other things, but I would love to see that Bylight or a Night Magic Millions uh, in future years. So I hope we get to that point. Something for us to talk about tomorrow on Press Room, but let's go to King of Sparta's uh, Snippets win. He's uh, already won the, the guineas of the Snippets last year. Here he's in action yesterday. Petronius, the leader, 700 to travel. A length and a half clear. In second spot, Noble Style, Space Boy improving. Bo Rumbles in fourth. Then Smart Image, Natuno. Hard to say, Rose Quartz. King of Sparta still with plenty to do in the back half of the field with Enemate Baller, Bonaparte shooting for gold last. Around the home corner inside the 400. Petronius, the leader. A length and a half in front of Space Boy. Bo Rumble, Noble Style. Rose Quartz getting felt for. Here's King of Sparta about to let rip down the centre of the track. Petronius in front, not for long. King of Sparta moved up at the 100 metres mark. Rose Quartz, baller for place chances. King of Sparta, king of the Gold Coast. King of Sparta wins again, wins it by two lengths. Petronius second, photo third. Rose Quartz are hard to say. Then baller, next in noble style, Bow Rumble. Further back to Enemate, Natuno. Space Boy shooting for gold and Smart Image. One more Bonaparte. King of Sparta cost 700000 at the Magic Million sale. He keeps repaying that in no uncertain manner. There was more money on the board yesterday, and he's now earned, uh, well, what, uh, over, over, well over $3 million. Paul Snowden's with us. Paul, good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm well. He's won seven races, King of Sparta. Four of those have been in Queensland. He, three of the Magic Millions, and he won the listed Falvel on a Doombin. Uh he is a great advertisement for, for the Magic Million sale, isn't he, this horse? Sure, he's um, just keeps training on. Um, great advertisement for I'm Invincible. He's um, mm. he's just one of those horses that just keeps keeps giving. And as he gets older, he learns his craft a bit more. He's, he was a he was a, a quite an aggressive younger horse. Um, you now we sort of I, I I explained to the ownership group he's a little bit, which mind you, are part of. King's legs, um, kind of King's Gambit, which obviously is by I'm Invincible, and I, I reflect on sort of him being a template for sort of how we we treated him. So um, yeah, things have things have gone the right way. What is it about him and the Gold Coast? Now he is does he love the joint, or is he just simply better than the horses he's racing against on this day? Um, yesterday he, he was just 
probably a class above, which that showed through in the end. But, um, you know, you still got to beat what's around you. And there's always one there called bad luck, which you don't want to run into. But um, <laughs> he, um, you know, he, he certainly, we, we space his runs. You know, he probably has like a, you know, a, a yearly sort of tally of sort of eight to ten runs in a, in a year. And um, I think that's how we're getting the best out of him. He sort of has his one or two cameos and we sort of give him a little break and go again. Um, just space it all throughout the year. So it's, yeah, it's really agreeing with him. Would you consider coming back here for the winter like you did last year? Yeah, that's certainly what we've got to sit down and talk about now. Um, he'll travel back tonight. They were keen to take on the, the Perth race uh, last year and we probably just didn't get circumstances there that sort of wanted us to go over. So this year we'll have a good think about that and um, obviously it's worth a fair bit of money and, and we'll go from there. But probably that's one option that's well and truly on the table this year. What about the sovereign fund in the three-year-old guineas? Obviously, the year before was one of the favourites for the, for the two-year-old, I think, and, and didn't work out uh, for that horse on the day. But you must have thought you'd almost pinched it yesterday. Yeah, look, um, it was always a question mark whether he sort of got a good strong 1,400. And, look, he had every opportunity to do so. He he, he had a lovely ride. Um, Tommy gave him every possible chance. Didn't really go around a horse and just found one better on the day. So his, his run was outstanding and... You know, yeah, he was he was hunting in that um, last year in that bracket where the, the the races were delayed and the week um, extended was probably fell against him. He was he was probably the other way. He was coming to the end of his prep and just a week was a bit more beyond him than what it should have been. But um, you know, he's a nice horse. He's been gelded since he was a two year old and, and look, he'll he'll train on and and make his own carve his own destiny whether it's here or overseas. But um, you know, he he's a certainly a, he's a much improved horse from it. And Revolutionary Miss was good as well. Have you been happy with your purchases during the week? Yeah, well, we we stuck to the theme. We bought a few Russians, so they uh, they're a bit much like well, Invincible. They certainly train on once they get older. They mm. they train on go into come into themselves just like how he did, um, you know. And they they seem to fit the bill also. Good on you, Paul. Thanks for being with us this morning. No worries, guys. Thank you, Paul Snowden, and joining us. He's a a fun horse to have now, King of Sparta. You can just say, well, we'll go here, there, maybe there, there. But we know our grand final is always the second Saturday in January. Oh, absolutely. Look, he's not probably a Group 1 horse, but, look, he's not far off, is not he? Far I off mean, he, he's, been, he's been competitive with, with, with Group 1 contenders before. So, look, they stepped into him uh, as if he was unbeatable yesterday. I forget the flux. I think he was dollar eighty into $1.55 or something like that. I must admit, early in the race, you probably had a few little worries if you were on him. Like, he was a fair way back there in the ruck, but uh, rounding the turn with James McDonald forcing out, it was a matter of times and margins. Yeah, he generally settles in the second half of the field. Like last year, he was three wide with cover. He peeled out of the bend and won. But, look, this race uh, doesn't seem to always get the, the capacity numbers, and you know, he's well within the grasp of winning it again next year, for sure and certain. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I guess as we, we sort of wind up the show too, David, I, I wanted to give a bit of a shout-out uh, to Chris Anderson, who won the, the debut mm. Colton Geldings plate with Lead Me On. Uh, obviously, he's got Max Whitby in his um, in his camp now. Not a bad owner to have. Uh, you know, Everest uh, owner, big-time Sydney owner, who's now living on the Gold Coast. Michael Rod. Uh, it was a big win for him, obviously, given what he's been through with, with the concussion battles and whatever. But I just thought it was nice. Like, you see all these very expensive horses uh, running around and, and, you know, really powerful types. Uh, Chris Anderson, Eagle Farm trainer, uh, terrific fella, 
great to see him competing against the big boys with a horse like this on Magic Millions Day and picking up a $500,000 race. I've got him saved up for press room tomorrow, so we'll have a chat with him in the morning. But also, congratulations to the connections of Lady Laguna. She won the Phillies and Mares and Samana for Kieran Maher and David Eustace winning the Magic Millions Cup. Ben, thanks for your time this morning. We'll see, we'll have you back on February 11 for when past the Post resumes, but of course you'll be with us on Press Room tomorrow morning. Yeah, looking forward to it, David. Ben Dorries joining us there from News Corp. That is our program. Thanks for your company. It was a big day yesterday. Hope you enjoyed it and you enjoy your day today. I'll talk to you in the morning. Bye-bye.